Hello everyone and welcome to the Debug Log episode 23. After our massive success with the episode about game design document, we decided to keep talking about the game development process. That's why the topic this week is prototypes. This is one of my favorite episodes because it's full of tips and guidelines on how to optimize the creation of prototypes of your game. We explain what's a prototype, what should be your goal when prototyping and how much time you should spend in a prototype. So if you're ready, here it is, the debug log episode 23. Um, so if alcohol helps me record, can I write that off on my taxes? Uh, <laughs> sure. Oh, oh my god. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I, I'm, it's a legit question, guys. Grandpa's, <laughs> some more. Is grandpa's talkie juice? Bowl <laughs> <laughs> right. of loud mouth soup. Okay. You're listening to the debug log. Oh, sorry. We're not selling yeah. used cars. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, then. Or game show. You said kind of sound like a game show. Which this may be. Yeah, it was sound like All right, ready? You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about Unity game development. My name's Andrew Curry. I'm Albino Opara. I'm Zach Schneider. I'm Ryan Kilgore. And I'm Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. Nice. That was good. Noise. <laughs> Just noise in your noise. Tonight's episode, or today's, whenever you listen to this, is about prototypes. We did a episode about design documents when we went into the pros and cons and I think our, our point at the end of that episode is you need to write a design document, right? That's what we were advocating for. <laughs> and so tonight's topic, it's, it, it's a lot of times a prototype becomes, it become, it comes before that in the process or in parallel. And it might come later in the process when you're just testing out some kind of mechanic or ideas. And so prototypes, a big thing. And I guess generally when we talk about prototypes in reference to game development, we're talking about a quick, a functional demo, basically, right? Uh, I'd a, say not a full functional demo, but like well, not a, full, a, a but demo of, that, of a that tiny part demonstrates a maybe not a single function, but uh, but a particular function in which you were trying to figure out. Yeah, it's kind of one of those vague topics. So this is this is why this is the perfect topic for discussion because we've done we've we've had a lot of experience prototyping at different levels, <clears throat> whether it be for companies. For bigger projects where you have 10 to 20 people behind it or whatever, how many other people, but also for just your personal projects. And usually for me, I'll just start personally. <laughs> personally, with the prototyping, just even on a personal level, it's usually to kind of it's a proof of concept for me sometimes. Like, and it doesn't it's not required for every game idea. Cause sometimes you have a game idea that's like, oh, I want to make a game like that, but like this different context, or whatever. And it's like, I know it works, you know. <laughs> so I can just go ahead and start kind of planning it out. But sometimes when you're saying, I want to make a game with these controls, I need to I need to actually test that these controls actually work. And maybe that's like for mobile or something. So for me, just before we get into some best practices of that, for me, it's always been a thing that I want to just test a, like a, it's a hypothesis of mine. It's almost like a science experiment. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I, think that, I think that's exactly what it is. And I guess a, a perfect way to sum it up as a science experiment is just testing, you know, just... It may be, yeah, like you said, it could be a grand, a more grand idea, like an overall game idea that you have. Uh, or it could be just like, you know, referencing a single system in the game. It's like, oh, how do I want 
controls to work or how do I want enemy AI to maybe work? Um, AI could get complicated or it could be super simple. Again, that would go down to, you know, your prototyping. I'm glad you phrased it like that because in each one of those instances, if you listen to what Obina said, is he, he phrased it like a question. So in each instance, he's trying to solve this, this question with his prototype. And I think that that really boils down to what it actually is. Is it's 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 solving this question, or maybe not even solving. It's it's attempting to uh, work around this question and see well, what no, you can get. No, no, no. It is answering the question. That's the the basic idea of the prototype. It's like a demo of your of a part of the game that is going to answer a specific question. That it could be: Is our core gameplay fun? Uh, it stays fun for a long time. Things well, like not that. even that, but some of that stuff might be that. That's the kind of core. When we did a lot of research and we went to different articles, and these are experience, but they also found a bunch of cool talks about it. And the, the they're all very similar in what their best practices were. But their main one was that it, make it have a question and not just a question. Make it be a good, definitive question that's falsifiable that you can actually <clears throat> test. Not like saying. Will this game totally be fun? And it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, that's but, such a but, subjective question. But or it's like, but you, I mean, it is. Yeah, and then some of those questions will be subjective. But you're trying to make it as granular of a subjective right. question as possible. It's like, do these controls actually feel okay? Yeah. Like, like you know, can I do this without being frustrated or something like that? And and that was the main thing people talked about, like having a good question, because especially on the indie side, when it's just you by yourself prototypes can turn into crappily written games. You know what I mean? That's yeah, not yeah. what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be, no, I'm not going to, this isn't going to, this code base is not going to turn into my code base even, right? This should be something that I'm doing as quick and fast, like in a day. That was one of the big things too, like very quickly to like using assets from other things, using whatever I can just to test a premise. It might be just a UI and you might have for one game, it doesn't have to be this whole encompassing thing. It might be 12 different prototypes for different aspects of the game, right? Yeah, I, th- I think exactly. one thing, yeah. yeah, one one take I've had on prototyping and probably the best descriptor is like almost to look at prototypes as throwaway code. Like as far as a, right. a new system that you're implementing, just think of it as you're, something you're definitely going to throw away. All it is is for research and to figure out what you want and how to answer that question. And, and usually the answers are, you know, sometimes the answers may be like, okay, I know this is definitely not going to work. This is definitely not going to work. And your prototypes only, you know, actually just might steer you away from going to a, a certain direction and, you know, eventually get you, your answer, which was maybe none of your prototypes. Um, hmm. So, I mean, it's just like, uh, like you said, it's just really answering that question and making sure it, the iterations are so quick and that you're not, you know, investing so much. You don't want to invest it in a prototype at all, other than answering a question. Exactly. No, I'm glad that Andrew said, uh, talk about the time that would take to make a prototype because in some of the articles that um, I personally researched, um, one guy said, oh, you can take one or two months making a prototype. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a really bad idea. A prototype should be made, I don't know, one day, uh, max maximum time three days or or yeah three yeah, days i, I well, think that go ahead well i was just gonna say well it also depends on the complexity of your system yeah. because mm-hmm. yeah there a lot of times you guys yeah absolutely i agree that like for a lot of features maybe even once like a larger system's in place you can sort of test out these little like bits and pieces of gameplay or maybe the game is simple enough to where you can like maybe sit down and say like prototype hey, uh, the spaceship uh, flight mechanics or something like that and do those feel fun but uh, in other instances like, like don't feel you have to be locked into I guess three days or anything like that that's what I'm oh, saying yeah, yeah. it's like 
Yeah, yeah, and I know that's not what you were saying either, but it's like, you know, it, sometimes, especially in, say, like, networked environments and things like that, it may take you, you know, hey, hell, for, you know, two months just to get the systems up and running to even start prototyping. Well, how, well Ryan, well, specifically, you, like, you've had experience at bigger places in the past stuff. Like, how have you got, have you always, have, has there been, like, a strong prototype culture, or has it always been, like, well, you know, we, we know what we want to make, and then we're going forward with that? Um, honestly, yeah, this is, as you know, it depends on the place, but a lot of people do have like a stock, a strong prototype culture from where I've been. Um, like, and it's usually like spearheaded by a lot of the designers and the engineers, uh, cause they want, they want to test out all these ideas in their head and, but they don't want to, you know, like spend a lot of time and saying, like trying to make it just perfect. It's like, they just need to get the general idea. And like you said, answer those questions. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I've seen, Definitely pen and paper, like the project I'm on now, they started with, you know, just like making a board game out of it and, you know, seeing how that worked. Then they moved into a second stage of prototyping where they they set up uh, a whole networked system for the game that is throwaway. It's a throwaway prototype. I'm actually working on some code right now that's replacing all of it. And they had that for uh, a few months. Then I've been other places and sometimes you just... You know, kind of depends on who's in charge, too, because you'll get somebody who's like, yes, we're just going to do this feature and throw it out there and see what happens. And then it's, it's never really prototyping. It's just like, you know, you're throwing against the wall and seeing if it sticks, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what um one of the one of the research things I did. One, one of the really good resources I found this GDC talk from 20, 2006 by uh, Chris Hecker. And it's Chaim, his pronunciation of his name is Chaim Gingold. That's <laughs> C-H-A-I-M. Um and they gave a really great talk, a fast face, lots of information in it. And it's, and it's called advanced prototyping. We'll link it in the show notes, but they, they, they're the ones that most concisely laid out the purpose of prototypes and the one that I liked. And their first one was number one is answer questions. Number two is find upside and downside, which means like you start doing it and you're like, Oh, this is actually stuff we could, that this mechanic allows. So we didn't realize. And downside is like, Oh, they're talking about like, you don't even realize the problems you're going to have. And then the third one is persuade and inspire. And the reason I say that when we're talking about in reference to the time we're talking about, I think I mentioned on the show before, uh, but one of the things I turned Obina on to is those Double Fine things. Double Fine the company in San Francisco that's made um, Psychonauts and, you know, what else? Broken Age and Massive Chalice and all these games now and oh, uh, Brutal Legend. Now they're working on Psychonauts too. They um, they do this really neat thing every year where they take, they, they take everybody in the studio, like 60 people, right, off the, every project. And they let everybody in the studio pitch a game idea because they're like, well, everybody's got a game idea inside of them that they've been wanting to do forever, you know? So they let them put a little tiny pitch together. And it used to just be an internal thing, but now it's an external thing where people on the internet vote for it. And it's called um, Amnesia Fortnite. So they take two weeks off of Fortnite and they forget about everything else, the amnesia part. <laughs> and they just, they split, they, I think they pick four pitches and then they split everybody into kind of equal teams or whatever people are excited to work. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have two weeks to make a playable demo. And like, it's not even like just, it's, 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 it's a little bit different from a prototype, but it's basically the same thing because it's as much art, as much mechanics and as much stuff they can throw in there as possible. And it really, it answers questions and finds upside downside, but that's kind of once they really get into designing the game, the big thing it does is number three is persuade and inspire. The point of that is like, you're trying to make, prove a concept to people, even by art wise. Cause sometimes those, sometimes, you know, you get, that's a, that's a hard thing to, judge too because we're we're coming from such a mechanical you know programming idea and like well these mechanics work this way but sometimes a game mechanic is all based on the art 
like a rendering of an art. And if that, you know, cause that, the puzzle was based on the perspective and if that actually works, you know, so you really have to produce an art test, basically a full quality art test, you know what I'm saying? To make sure something like that will play and actually make sense. So those are neat. I mean, they, they might be the amnesia Fortnite things are cool. They might be considered more demos, but they're prototypes cause they throw them away. You know, they don't start there, you know, when they start making the game. So that's a cool example. And that, that's a two week period. So that's not too long, I don't think. That's pretty cool. That's almost like a long-term game jam type of thing. Yeah, it's basically yeah. that. And game jams are that too, basically, if you think about that. It's true. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, and I think the point of that is like with game jams, why they're fun and why the two-week thing, and just in prototypes in general, why it's, like you said, it's harder for the systems things, Ryan. But like if it's, it's good to, if you can, limit it to a day or two as possible because that will help you uh, – dive down into a question that's per, that's suitable and small enough right because you're spending mm-hmm. too long you're putting too much stuff in there and that's like 80 questions but it's like what can i build in a day that answers this one question yeah you know where you know i, th- I think a good thing that you mentioned especially when you were talking about the persuade and ex- inspire is just the, the different levels and types of prototyping that you can do one's like the, the amnesia fortnite is like i'm persuading i'm trying to pitch a game idea uh right. to this company whereas you know i may just be trying to pitch control mechanics or right. networking mechanics so it's really good to, you need to understand like to div- how to divvy up your time and how to you know i guess take, think that's who who's your audience for the prototype right that's true exactly that's a good question is that's a question for you to answer is like who am i trying to appease when i'm doing this proto- prototype do i need to spend uh, you know, time and effort and investments into art, or do I just need to make it functional and make it feel good and in controls or something like that? So, yeah, that's another good question to ask as you're, you know, even trying to figure out how to do this prototype is what's the audience? Who's the audience? Because it's not knowing enough of like a, because like you talked about, you know, we saw that talk, the juicy, make your game juicy talk, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. But it's that kind of thing because sometimes a main mechanic doesn't, it doesn't communicate if it feels fun or is fun to control until you add some production into it. Yeah. So that's kind of a subjective question. I think the point being just don't take forever, but take, you know, make sure you're still answering the one question. That one question in that case would be, is this a fun, you know, mechanic? Does it feel good? And if you need to add some production to answer that question, then that might be necessary too. Yeah. Yeah. Or you might uh, finish the project really quick and don't realize that maybe with one more day of development, you realize that there's a, a problem that is really difficult to solve and you should avoid it. So. Yeah. That's like the downside thing, finding those downsides. Yeah. All right. So, so that being said, if the, if the, like, I like that those three things they mentioned in there, the answer questions, find and find upside and downside and persuade and inspire. And one of the points they had going out of that was saying that prototypes, and this is something that you can get lost in as an indie because you just start messing with code, you know, and, and I don't think we're, this is the thing too, when we say these opinions, we're not totally against this because as you're also, especially once you're, as you're learning to program and get into game development, you're just going to mess around and make little dinky games. And it's not necessarily a game. You might kind of develop that more and it's just something. But if we're kind of preaching organization and formality a little bit, trying to instill a little bit of formality in your personal process to help you get a, because this is all in, in, in service of getting a uh, project finished because that's kind of our point of view, right? Like the more formality and the more kind of clear headed you are about it, you're more likely to finish it, which is the hardest part as a, you know, doing a game project by yourself. Yeah. So what they're, so that being said, one of their points is like the prototypes aren't designed. They should not be generating ideas from scratch. They should be getting that upside and finding new things, but you shouldn't just like 
I kind of want to make a platformer. Let me just kind of go in there and mess with it. It's like, no, 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 no. It should be answering questions. It'll, it it generates ideas on top of something. I'm an idea you already had. Great. Wonderful. But they shouldn't, you shouldn't be looking for answers in a prototype. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah that That's what you yeah, cover with research and, and you know, right. And, yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay. That's why you play other people's games and you research and on the internet and <laughs> you're not seed and code. To realize if you like an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. No, I was just saying that there's just so much, <laughs> there's so much content out there for, for the, to handle that research phase. And that, you know, people have already prototyped a lot of things that you may be thinking. Uh, and by prototype, I mean, they've already made a full game of it. So you need to just. Oh yeah. That's, that's a point they made too. That was a neat point that I, that you don't even think of. They're saying when you prototype in like in aspects of <clears throat> you're talking about be throwaway and not, you know, take a long time. They're saying steal as much stuff as you can. If there's already a game that has an aspect of it, <laughs> yeah. just use that. Oh, it's yeah. like, we want an inventory to work just like this. I mean, use somebody else's game as a prototype. Or they, they told a story of they were trying to figure out a UI system. They were working with Will Wright on Spore or EA or something. They're like, well, we want to do this uh, uh, inventory, like a menu system where we can fit a lot of stuff in there. But maybe when you mouse over, they, they kind of get bigger and enlarged or something. It's like, I don't know. It's like, okay, well... I'll take a week and figure it out or look up. I'll look for some references and then I'll try to put some together. And then he's walking down the hall and he looked at somebody typing something. He's like, wait a second. He walked back to his office, like pull up your Mac dash doc. You know, <laughs> like that Mac dot, like that OS X, the little genie effect. Yeah, he's yeah. like, that's what we're talking about. Let's see if that works. Like, ah, it doesn't actually work. So let's not use that. But like, that's the point. It's like, in any, it doesn't have to be a game. It's, if it's a website or something does some kind of UI thing you're trying to do, it's like, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. You can kind of hash together a bunch of references in your research. Exactly. So make it cheap. Yes. Make it cheap. <laughs> no, no. But so, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just kind of re- reiterating what you were saying. Just like, well, I was saying one of those things, the idea is to not to get the ideas from scratch. The way to keep track of that they're talking about is to have, make sure you're answering the question, but make sure there are some kind of metrics that you can judge it based on, you know, if you can, like, I don't know what you guys feel about that, how subjective it is sometimes. Well, what do you mean, what do you mean by metrics exactly? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, they're saying like, if, if they're, they're trying to say like the metrics of, I mean, if obviously if your question is, is it fun or not, but metrics meaning like, well, we gave it to 10 people and they gave us this feedback and they've rated it or something. You I mean like something like that, where they can say, or they can't just say, give it to your friend. Like, it's pretty good. <clears throat> like, well, that doesn't actually answer my question. It's almost like user testing at a certain point. Like, where, like at what point mm-hmm. is this prototype considered successful or this mechanic considered? Successful? Yeah. And it's a murky. Yeah. Yeah. But it's murky, but trying to figure out yeah. where you can do that. Your Maybe ask them a question. Point, yeah. Like, was this confusing to you? Yes or no. What could make it be- like stuff like that? It might not be a number or something, but it could be, some more. Yeah. So I think, I think a healthy thing, to, so, sorry, I think a healthy thing to do when you're, when you're prototyping and before you get to that, that point uh, in building those metrics is when you're asking yourself that question, also list things that would help answer that question. Like, like, uh, you know, said, uh, if you were doing talking about controls, like, does it does, do the controls feel good? And then you could ask like maybe another metric would be like, you know, do I want to play it in two hand? Do, do you feel like you want to play it with one hand? Do you want to feel like uh, I'm speaking of mobile devices or something like that? Or, you know, just like having other questions or sub questions to the overarching question that would help, you know, better, I guess, I guess, quantify or, you know, 
the original question, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, it's, yeah. Tr- it's trying to shape sort of something that's amorphous, right? Yeah, so you're totally right. Having those extra questions and trying to chisel away to see what it really looks like. You know, because somebody could be like, "Is it, hey, are those controls fun? You're like, eh, they're all right. Okay, well... Are they feel sluggish, you know, or do you feel like, are you moving quick enough, you know, or is it like, do you, are you having to reach too far? Or, you know, like, what are your opinions of that? Mm-hmm. And then that slowly helps you sort of chip away and say, oh, this may, and even still, you kind of get a good idea. And that would, you know, of, uh, you know, maybe what's missing in that example, but somebody else may have a completely different opinion. But, and that's when you, like you said, it comes down to almost like, you know, ask the audience type of thing, like, Hey, which felt better? I don't know. You know, yeah. cause it's sometimes intangible. <laughs> Yeah, to give another example, let's say that uh, your question is, your game stays fun after a long time. So you realize first that your game is fun. It's okay. It has that um, easy fun. But now let's see if people can want want to keep playing it. So a metric could be how long they uh, want to play your game without uh, looking at you and giving giving you the the prototype. So that would be a, a metric. Oh yeah, that might be one of the questions. If it's just a simple mechanic, it might be like, is this, how sustainable is this? You know, do people like play this over and over again or do I need to add some other? Cause I feel like once you get to that, like we're talking about Nicola Zaros, we can't mention this, it's been so influential in our <laughs> talking, but that hard fun, I feel it's a weird problem because that's the stuff you just got to take a gamble on. Cause you can't, that's a prototype. That's like all your systems together later on yeah. and QA working together. Like that's like figuring out these prototypes of these easy fun moments and going, Okay, I think this could work all together, and then you just—it's like I hope this does work all together yeah. later on. And there, there's, yeah. there's, this is a risk, you know, endeavor, risk-filled endeavor. You can't, you know, get away from that. Yeah, and, uh, risk is it's kind of risk. It's kind of funny talking about like, wait, what? Okay, hey, hey, wait, what? you just derailed my whole brain. <laughs> you just threw them all off course. <laughs> it's like you came into the conversation to push me down. I'm like, oh god, what? <laughs> Awesome. Um, My apologies. I know what I was. I was just thinking that just reminded me of a, a time when I was making a kids game, and you're talking about you know just your audience and how long they may even want to like um, you know engage with it, and like kids are actually kind of a great thing in the fact that you know they really don't have this uh, you know I, I guess this idea of hurting people's feelings necessarily yet. You know what I mean? It's like, they'll just kind of flat out tell you sometimes what they're thinking. There's no filter. And so it was great because, uh, and this is a great thing to do in general, if you can do this is, uh, bringing people in early, like bring, we would bring these kids into play tests and, you know, feed them pizza or whatever and say, Hey, <laughs> check out the game, play the game. What did you like? What did you dislike? You know? And the, when we, uh, the biggest thing about when we knew we thought we were doing something right is, you know, they weren't turning and looking at their parents to saying like, do I have to keep do this? They didn't I have more pizza. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they start chatting to the kid next to them or something. They would just sit there glued to the screen. And you're like, okay, we must be onto something here because you've got a bunch of like five to 10 year olds who are doing nothing but staring at what you made. And it's like, so that that's a very strong way is when you see your users just not pull away from it. So, yeah. right. And that's a, and I guess the defining the the defining line between pure on playtesting and prototyping is what Obina said. Yeah. To me, it's like where prototyping it's whether you're testing code that's actually garbage or code that's actually production code, mm-hmm. basically, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good way to um, and it turns into it at some point, but it's still the same process. You're right; it's like the same thing. You're just kind of hopefully at some point there's a leap you have to make and start actually get people behind an idea and then invest some amount of time into it 
<clears throat> yeah, it's, it's good that you mentioned that because you know how we are uh, developers that we we make something and we want we want to make a system and make it adaptable and uh, dynamic. So forget all that for a prototype. If you have oh, to yeah. have code it to make it work, hard code it. Yes. Yeah, because that's exactly. this is code that you're going to throw away. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if that... you make a game, sorry, Andrew, uh, if you make <laughs> a game on top of a prototype, that's a really bad idea because you have a really bad base. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the one of the other articles we found by Noel Lopez. He has like a couple C plus plus programming books. We had a core article about the four mistakes, um, and we'll get into we'll, we'll get into some of these. We'll go we'll skip to the last and the last one. Hit one of his exactly that. Um, well, number three is taking too long, which can tie into that. But number four is building a system, not a game. And he talks about as programmers, you want to optimize things and make elegant. And he finds if you're making a prototype and you find you're, you're working on something that is not moving the prototype forward, stop. Mm -hmm. He's like, hard code everything, throw a bunch of junk in there, copy stuff off a of stack overflow. What do you have to do? That don't worry about it. You're not going to make a system because because we can get as you know from a developer standpoint, you can get lulled into just like, oh, this is a cool inventory. System. We're going to talk about inventory system again. Like this is a cool inventory <laughs> system. Let's do this. Like, I I think this could work, and then you just turn to just you kind of slide right into programming it, yeah. and that's not what you need to be doing. Yeah, it's a trap. Yeah. So actually, one thing I would kind <laughs> of oh, uh, I guess yeah, one thing I would suggest is um, you know sometimes like being a, a C sharp programmer mainly is I would always be driven to develop in uh, maybe Unity, which in, which in this case would work because Unity is actually a great tool for prototyping, to be honest. It's like how it exposes so many public variables. You know, you can do almost anything in the editor really quickly. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, yeah. sometimes it may be better to, you know, do a prototype outside of your game engine or outside of, you know, whatever you're working with. It could maybe, because if you're really good with HTML or something, you could whip up something in HTML right. really quickly that would actually, you know, represent your prototype. So another thing to do is, you know, use the best engine or the best tool for this prototype, as long as it's, it's going to get and convey the, you know, correct, I guess, feel from, from you and the user, I guess. Right. Cause they said that, yeah. like you said before, like Ryan about like Hearthstone, the game we all love to play or that they actually, that guy prototyped it on cards for a year. Like he did, oh, yeah. there was, an, and yeah. then also too, one of the uh, one things I heard too is like, especially if you're an artist, a lot of stuff you could just prototype in Maya or something, you know, or whatever it is, or Photoshop, and just walk, you know, and just kind of animate it and walk through yeah. it, or do an After Effects animation just to show what it would do. Yeah, it's like you don't need to code it to make it work. Yeah, yeah. This this type of games with cards are really easy to prototype. You just have to make the cards and. Uh, Draw a stigman, which is going to be your monster, <laughs> and uh, that's it. You can you can play. You don't have to make it digital. So yeah, and, so. and yeah, and never forget like systems like Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, like modern RPG games. You know, like those are those were like literally nothing but pens, paper, and your imagination. And or you know nowadays, you even grab some Legos, make your own pieces, three D print them. You know, it's like you can. But even that's probably going too far. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like for a pen and paper prototype. But um, yeah, like like we've been saying, there's just tons of ways to do it without code and. Pick what's fastest, to be honest. Yeah, I, I I like that because I think one of my favorite types of prototyping is paper prototyping. Um, and by paper, I mean like just drawing it out on, on, on a piece of paper or a whiteboard or something. Uh, I know Eduardo is, is kind of similar to me in this manner because we both have whiteboards sitting right next to our desks. And we draw <laughs> everything out right before we do it. So we, we sit there and we prototype and like, okay, is this going to work? Is this is this scene function going to flow this way? 
how does it look? And then we, we do it in that. And then we might prototype it in code, but we almost always start out with a paper prototype. That's actually true because the, I mean, most people think of whiteboarding as something you do before you kind of get into like, while you're kind of compiling a design doc for the final, you know, layout and screens and production stuff. But like you said, like if that's the tool and well, the, the question we're answering is if this screen flow and all this stuff makes sense, then just mocking it up and doing that and then talking somebody through it. If that's enough of something that could be all you need to answer a certain question, you know, conceptually. So it's, it's the hard, games are hard. If this is just making websites, it'd be easy every time you just, you could just whiteboard it, but like, because it's like every type of like, you could have a text game, you could have, first-person shooter, you have a weird puzzle game, you know, you could have this weird, you have games that just have audio, there's no graphics, you know, there's just so many weird things that there's really no hard and fast rule. It's just really about, like Avina said, finding the right tool, no matter what, you know, the, whatever the type of game it is. Sorry, web devs, we love you, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> One day your inbox is going to die. One of the other ones, like we kind of went over that guy's questions. I talked about the mistakes I talked about. He had this, no, his number two was not having a good question. And we kind of went over that. But number one was interesting. And I don't know if it makes it, it could apply to, I mean, I guess it, it mostly applies to bigger companies. So this tends to be a, tends to be a thing that happens there. I guess it could also apply to an indie if you get excited. Mm-hmm. They talk about if you have a prototypes, when you're talking about a prototype culture or prototype driven development, the whole concept is not just, I have one game idea sometimes like the best way to say, choose your next project. An argument can be made. is not to go. I have this one idea. Let me prototype and see if it worked. Okay. I'm making that, you know, if it worked a lot of some, one could say that you could say, let's make three different prototypes. Like they didn't need your Fortnite thing and let's see which one we like best. Cause you might discover something. And, and for the indie, like, I don't know if that's as much of a thing, you know, but maybe it is. I mean, if you just keep spend a period prototype and don't worry about getting into it, just make a few prototypes and see, because the game you don't think is great or the idea you think might be dumb could be the most fascinating one, the one you want to work on. And if you just jump to conclusion, mm-hmm. but like, this is also his reference to it is in like kind of light of a bigger uh, studio or company. Cause that tends to happen. Like people get behind to like, okay, that idea works. Let's go with that. Can you know, like they see some kind of light, you know, let's get all our production on that. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a second. I, Maybe. I, I tend to, I tend to fall into that trap a lot, actually, personally, like uh, going with my first idea and say, oh no, see, it, it works. Like for instance, uh, Andrew and I were working on a game and I had proved through a prototype that my first idea worked, but Andrew's like, well, is that the best way to do it? And I'm like, well, no, it worked. It's fine. We don't have to change it. <laughs> He's like, well, it's not the best way to do it. So then we went through and we did a couple more prototypes and we realized, okay, yeah, I was wrong. But because I was so prideful and, and, and wanting to go with my first idea because it worked, uh, I, I could have missed out on all those other opportunities. Well, it's confirmation bias. If you want something right. to work out, like you're, if you, if you can't like ask a question, like you have to look at that objectively as possible. You can't go, well, I really want this to work. So I hope this works, but it might it's hard. I mean, who am I to say not make the game you want to make? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's a better idea out there if you just pro- go through that process of trying to find it and and don't feel uncomfortable with that period of not knowing what your next thing is. You know what I mean? Like, let's just work through these things in an objective manner and see what, you know, we talked about the witness before. I think I talked to Ryan about it, maybe off the air and stuff. But Jonathan Blow, I mean, people, he's a very polarizing figure. He made Braid. 
but he's people either don't like him or they like him. I and he, he gives a lot of neat, interesting talks about game design. People think he's pretentious. I think he's interesting, but he talks about that and, and he, he has a. <laughs> He has a few. Well, it's, I, I think it's, he, it's like you insulted him like three times. Like, oh, I like him. I like him. No, but I mean, <laughs> that's a compliment sandwich. No, when you say that, no, when you say that name, people are like, oh, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And I saw Facebook comments. Some of the groups are in today, just kind of bitching about him. But I think it's interesting because it's somebody that's really thinking about design, you know, in certain ways. And he has a couple of cool. You just just search for him on YouTube and say talk. And he has a couple like before he was making braid. The whole process of. I had these game ideas, I had this type, I had this idea, I had this idea, and that's what I went into, and I made these prototypes, and that didn't, wasn't very fun, this wasn't fun, and then I found this, and I was like, oh, that's something. And I mean, you can't argue with him, he's been very successful, you know, with the games that he picked out of all his ideas. So that, that, that I mean, you could always go with your first thing, but there could be gold. Don't be, don't be scared of throwing away ideas. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. Yeah, I think something that might... I think that's... I think that's something that might help, you know... Uh, you know, dissuade you from going with your first idea always is like when you're posing your question for like grander ideas for the game design idea is when you have like when you're creating that question, also create those little sub questions and let those sub questions almost like almost try to pick apart what your your main idea is and like figure well, like asking questions about why you think that's a good idea or why this this feature might work or why, you know, when you're asking more questions, it kind of can help birth new ideas or new takes on the same idea. Like play devil's advocate. Yeah. Play devil's advocate with your, with your uh, game design. Prototype. Yeah. But if you don't like to throw away ideas, just save them for later and work in another one. And maybe you get uh, <clears throat> a, another idea that uh, makes the first one that you had even better. Oh yeah. So. That's what, that's what I read. One of those things too. The same things like, well, I have a list of the hundred game ideas I have and I'll pick he says, so when I'm ready to make a new game, I'll pick the top few, like the top three or four make prototypes. But the one that I thought was good might not be great, but I don't throw it away. You just shuffle it back into the list because what always does happen, like you said, Eduardo, is like when you're not thinking about it, you're like, oh, no, snap. There's something. I know how that game works now. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so and I'm not saying throw them away, but I'm saying yeah, push them aside. Do you got, yeah. yeah, you can do other that's that's a way to. I, I feel. I don't know. I keep. For, I feel bad for telling people to not make the game they want to make. <laughs> make it. Make the. They huge. will anyway. I don't think it's just. And just like just make my game, guys. I just. Listening to you. I just think that's a good thing to stress, and we're kind of in that mode, and we're we have stuff coming out. You know, maybe it's working on some things that help with that process. Mm-hmm. But I've been thinking about that, and I just I, I really connect with that one, just because it's like, yeah, people tend to not take they. They don't give themselves enough credit. They think their one idea is the only good idea they're going to have. You know what I mean? And that's not true. Good ideas beget good idea, better ideas. The most, like the more you just keep processing through that, you get you kind of start stimulating your mind, stimulating your mind, and you start you start thinking about them all the time. So that's definitely. I agree. I agree. That's a good thing to stress. Yeah. You guys got any more stuff about prototypes? Um, prototypes are fun. Prototype the game in prototype two. <laughs> You remember yeah, that game? Um, I was <laughs> oh, up vaguely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of annoying when you're searching for prototype research, you get that a lot of links to that game. Walk through a prototype too. I was like, I don't want to walk through a prototype too. Oh. What, <laughs> Sorry. Good. You go, we're 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 digressing. We're rambling at this point. <laughs> the old men are rambling. So. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, actually, one thing that we had uh, in our notes that I think we sort of covered, but it could use a little more love is pri- prioritizing your prototypes. Um, like, uh, there, maybe there's a prototype that you have that answers 
that eventually answers a question that's more important than any other prototype um, that you had, you know, set up, set aside to do, to work on, like whether it was the controls or whether it was, you know, the networking part or whether it was the art style or something like that. They're like, make sure, like try to prioritize what prototype you tackle first um, and, and what you, what you invest in first. Cause it may, you know, just trump every other prototype. So you're like, okay, well if this doesn't work, then there's no point in trying to prototype this, this and that. So, uh, that, that is, is kind of an odd way to say it because like prototypes don't necessarily have to be for a particular game. I guess if you're prototyping one, one specific game that applies, but like for what Andrew said before is that you, you have like this, this set of ideas and you could, you could keep prototyping and iterating on those and then maybe putting them on the stack for later. But you know, that kind of makes it so that no one prototype is, uh, more important than another, they all kind of will tie into it. Yeah, a yeah. Well, game. I get that, but I think yeah, I think this this is a little more tied to having like if, with a directed game because otherwise, okay. In that case, you probably could prototype to infinity, you know, with because yeah. like there's almost any anything can apply to any game eventually. So it's just like making sure you investing your time wisely, essentially, is what. So I guess Avina, what you're saying is like basically find those maybe dependencies in the system mm-hmm. and say, well, you know, we know if we prototype out a and a is a complete flop will be dependent on a or or you know or was a key component in that if that works then we, you know we would do b and in which case you know if you'd gone ahead and tried to prototype b first then you'd maybe be like oh b's b seems all right now how does it integrate with a exactly. it's like oh that's shit yeah, yeah that's, that's actually a perfect right. perfect way to explain it yeah just prototyping dependency. with letters yeah yeah <laughs> gonna break it down. Get all this algebra out of <laughs> It's funny, um, and that and yeah, that's something too. Like talking about like now, I, like I mentioned, we're working on stuff, and I'm thinking about idea generation stuff. The type of question we just talked, we gave examples of questions like, "Will this mechanic be fun? Will this thing be fun?" Like the also important thing, and this might be going into a little bit before the prototype process, but sometimes your game idea is going into that that prototype with a certain amount of intention. Right. Like not necessarily like just having this will a platformer be fun. It's more like this is the game I want to make. I want to make a this crazy idea that nobody's ever thought of. Or like I want to take this type of game, put this twist on it and then have that mechanic. So that's the question I'm answering. And that's kind of a better way maybe to say that because you're it's almost, it's not just these random questions and these very like like because like you said, Avina, you can get lost in just these modular <laughs> You, I have a bunch of UI prototypes that I think work, but I, there, there's no point behind them. Yeah. I could use them in a game. You can get lost <laughs> in the weeds. But if you have an intention, like this is the project I think is interesting and this is why I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like a user story. Like I want to be able to do this because yeah. I think this would be interesting because of the, you know, yeah. like if you have that, that's the kind of core what you're testing. And that might be a small enough question. It's like, will a card mechanic work with this match three system that I'm thinking? Yeah, because I think, you know, that's- I think like at a, at a certain point, you're, you're not even prototyping anymore. Like, like if you're, if you're not as directed as like, as you should be, then you're probably, you're just you're missing asset store items. Yeah, or something and and you're point, missing yeah. the whole research phase. Then if that's the case, because you've, you've kind of skipped research and you're just jumping right into prototyping, which you know, it can be good in, in some cases, but it's also healthy and you might be better, you know, you're, you have more time served or better time served if you do your research beforehand, like figure out what kind of game you wanted or what kind of mechanics that you think might work. Then you can start du- directing questions. Um, but before that, if you're, you're just throwing out questions willy nilly, then you're really just kind of 
Well, because you're not going to get questions if you, yeah, because if your game's like, I kind of want to make like an RPG MMO thing. I was like, yeah, well, those work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, those work. I mean, people have made them. Money have, has been made. Yeah, they yeah. make them. But like, and this might be into a bigger idea, not just, this is like kind of into a larger, just game design, game design kind of philosophy and not just prototypes. But in general, it should be something you're taking. I mean, the idea is to have something new, right? I mean, unless you're just trying to make money and that's, all for you, man. If you make million, you'll make more money than we will. Probably, you know, trying to be artistic with this. So, like, it, the, the idea is to try to make a twist on something, or say, "This is what I want to do," and that, and I have a certain, I have a hypothesis. I think if you combine, you know, a top-down shooter with this strategy game, I could get this XCOM kind of thing. You know, like that could be neat. Let me try it, and you could look for other games. Like you said, that's the reason. The first, I guess, that's right. I mean, you said that earlier, but the first step of prototyping i guess officially we're considering it it is the research phase it's like are other things like this that i can just play Mm -hmm. and see if they work and then see what's wrong with that and see if i can add something to that yeah i guess somebody may have verified the idea is already bad or the idea is great right and they might have done it better than you think like well all right they did it it works yeah that's that's true I had an idea one time. I was like, oh, here's a fun little turn-based like sort of strategy game. And then like Hero Academy came out like oh, three yeah, months later. Game. I was like, well, they did it. And <laughs> that it happened to cool. us like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. We'll get yeah. into that later. We'll go into the details of later. But we, we had the idea for a game and then we found, oh, that game exists. Yes. Cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'll be a future game of the week. I'll talk about it once I played it more, but we'll get into that story then. But that, that, that happens because you – but at that point, you need to realize – and we haven't given up that game idea, but what Zach and I talked about, and we talked about all of us, we said, okay. <laughs> like, the, he said, the, well, the premise is like a, a game design consists of a lot of things. It consists of the scope of something, the platform or something, you know, the mechanics. So it's like, well, they're doing this thing on this platform this way. Like, what if we change the platform, scoped it down, did this other twist on it? That's something different, you know, because every game design is, is kind of a, it's a mutation of another one. You know what I mean? So it's like finding your own unique, niche in that space and so that's a, that's a good that, but that's a good point that's a good lesson is like don't necessarily throw that away like Eduardo said throw that back on the pile yeah. and so, until you can come up with a twist on it that you feel is you know justifies the idea yeah so to wrap up all this um, talk about prototyping I want to share with them uh, the eight tips that I found in a in a book called The Art of Game Design by Jesse Schell it's a really good book. I really recommend it. And it, these tips are basically what we've, we've been saying in, in this uh, episode. So the first one would be answer a question. The second one, forget quality. Then don't get attached. Prioritize your prototypes. Parallelize prototypes productively. It doesn't have to be digital. And pick a fast loop game engine. Unity. Unity. Ding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nudge, nudge. And fast so, loop um, meaning like quick, quick iteration right. of things, you know. And it, like, like Abina said, if you do better in HTML or something, do it in that too. Like, or if you can do it in Game Maker, you learned how to, you know, whatever it is. Especially, I mean, that, that yeah. might not apply for us, but that might apply for people that are just getting started yeah, and learning exactly. Unity. Yeah, and there's, 
And there's tons of choices there too. Yeah, because like you got those you mentioned. Uh, yeah, the people at Havoc. I think we're making like Anarchy. You've got, or I think it was a name. And then Amazon's got Lumberyard now. Which is the four. And I think Lumberyard is the worst yeah. name for a game engine. <laughs> that <laughs> is world. so bad. I won't get into it, but that's <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say. What? It's a hulking piece of wood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the last one will be build the toy first. Which you're making a card game. Play the cards first. That might work. And that's so, Eduardo's final word. Yeah, you know, that, that, <laughs> you know that the tips are my thing. I love them. Yeah. So, it's kind of like the Andy Rooney segment. That we just did. Yeah. That, that is a dated reference, too. My God. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes that, that is. was. Yeah. yeah nobody knows who reference. Andy Rooney is. Yeah. All right. Never mind. It's a lot like you, Zach. He went on rants. I mean... Actually, I like it. the old dude. He's not alive anymore. But <laughs> That's yeah, it was it like the get off my lawn type, or pretty much. Well, he just sort of. Yeah, kind he of. complained a lot. Yeah, definitely <laughs> Why my type. Everything's way, way, way. Yeah, Zach he, is the complainer. Use computers like you. All right, all right, all right, gentlemen. <laughs> all right, before we go tonight, before we get into some news later on, we have to do the thing we do every week, or not every week. Actually, we do periodically. <laughs> Ryan. Um, there you go. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, nice. Really yeah. yeah. That's impressive. Oh. So this yeah, week we, sh- we should use that one for our out for all the rest of the episodes. I'm just saying. That'd be fun. It's probably the best one I got in me. Yeah. <laughs> this week we actually back to games that we've more than more than one of us have played. Uh maybe just two of us. <laughs> Uh, this week is uh, you guys actually gave me shit on this show because I've been like looking forward to this game for a while because I thought it looked amazing the game tonight is Firewatch it's a new game by company Campo Santo and I think we mentioned in the past Campo Santo was formed by uh, a few people of note one they're the guys that worked for Telltale and made The Walking Dead season one is Sean Vanaman he was a writer and Jake Rodkin was a designer and UI designer and then they also those two guys with one of their friends, Chris Remo, they have a podcast called Idle Thumbs, which is a great video game podcast, a little bit deeper. It's not just the game's pretty cool. They kind of go into the stuff like we talk about. And um, and then they also have a great, I love the graphic artist guy that I love called Ollie Moss. If you've seen, you've seen a lot of, you've seen those Star Wars weird silhouette posters on eBay and other places. Like he's famous. Oh, right? yeah. the, you've seen a lot of his work. You just don't know who made it. But he's really neat. So he's friends with them. I'm jealous. And then they all got together and started coming to go to Campo Santo a couple years ago. And they started making this game called Firewatch. And um, you want to go over what the premise of Firewatch is, Brian? It's in Unity, obviously. But Yeah. Yeah. The premise of Firewatch, it, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting premise. Um, basically, uh, you're a man who's uh, a married man who, uh, yeah, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to stutter a little because I don't want to give anything away because it's. This game is really more about an experience than it is a story, some, um, like right. sort of, yeah. yeah, a story uh, than it is about some uh, gameplay mechanic or something like it's that. It's very similar um, to yeah, one of my previous games, the, the Gone Home. It's kind of a spiritual successor in that way. It's in the same vein, like the derogatory name people call it is walking simulators. <laughs> they say it, but <laughs> it's more about just exploration experience. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it is exactly that. Yeah, so. Yeah, you're a man who had had something happen in his life and it has driven him to sort of, you know, just take a step back for a while and kind of analyze himself and his life. And uh, so he takes a job as somebody on Firewatch uh, in the wilderness. And the game is basically him doing that job and t- and his interaction with his boss um, 
her name was Delilah, right? Yeah. I, it was yeah. a D. I'm bad with names. Um, and it's just really about them and them building a relationship once he gets there and them just talking over the radio, uh, sharing events with each other over the radio. And um, just basically, well, it's just that. It's them establishing a relationship, him kind of thinking about things, making you think about things from his perspective. And it's it was just a really fun sort of – and, yeah, it kind of is maybe a walking simulator, but at the same time, it's very relaxing. The the, the, uh, the game is beautiful. I mean, just walking around in those woods and some of the vistas and lighting and the lush environments. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's just they fantastic did some, to look at. Yeah, they, they did some neat things with actually – they have a cool game dev vlog. I'll post it in the Debug Lounge this week when we put this episode out. But they – um. There's some neat things with how they like kind of degrade the background layers of trees to look like one of those vector drawings, you know, because doesn't the, the LOD stuff they did is really interesting. They have and oh, cool. the artist Jane Ning, she gave like an interesting talk at GDC 2015. So, yeah, it's very cool. It's like it's it's equivalent. It's not just and if that sounds boring to you, it's not just like it's, it's it's those people. That's the core of the story. These people building this relationship. But there's also this other kind of mystery novel-esque story on top of that yeah. so it feels it's like in polygon's review they basically summed it up perfectly it's like the game and it's kind of it's it's interesting it's not gonna like change your life and like in the story like it's like it's interesting and the characters are cool but it's like the equivalent of like a page turner you know what i mean like it's like oh this is interesting i'll play i played it i was sick last week and i played it in one sitting five hours mm-hmm. i just played it all together at one time and it's like this is fun so we can't give away i i I think the game's amazing. I the ending. I'm still. I'd like to talk to you offline. I guess right. I guess if we do a spoiler cast oh, about, yeah. about the ending and the story, and maybe I just. I I always just assume I just don't understand things. I don't assume they did something bad. I just like I'm dumb. But well, <laughs> but yeah, and like, yeah, we'll get to that offline. But I'm kind of in a in another camp of like I wanted a little. I, I don't want to say a little more, but I wanted something maybe a little different, or I wanted something to happen that I didn't necessarily get. Right. I'm, um, I'm in that same boat. I, I figured, yeah, but I figured, like, in hindsight, it's like, you know, I don't know if it would have worked as well if I'd gotten what I wanted, you know? So yeah, and that we'll being said, about. it's totally worth it. It's like 20 bucks to get it. It's because, I mean, yeah. if you're a dev, look what you can do with Unity. Like, people give shit oh, yeah. to Unity about first person, like, respect. And it's kind of stylized in this cartoonish in a way, but it's not, the environments aren't that necessary like that, but. It's amazing. It's very atmospheric and it's just a very, it's a great technical and just art direction achievement by Ali Moss. So check it out. Definite recommendation. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and just a related note, I'm kind of pissed that, you know, how Steam did the, they introduced the refunds this year. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a Steam. Apparently they've had a, like a, a kind of a, not a problem, but a, a certain number of people wanted refunds. Like, I just walk around. What the hell? And I was like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's like, and yeah, I, uh, that, that to me is just, I, I think that's kind of unacceptable. Like, you know, as, like, as I actually saw, there was an interesting article on one of the Gawker websites that uh, somebody had uh, made a post. I don't remember if it was on like the Steam forums or where, but uh, talking about the game and just sort of how short it was. And they had done that. They'd finished it in under two hours, but they didn't, they weren't trying to like say, ha ha ha, I'm going to get like my money back because it's been under whatever the steam time frame right. is. It's like, they were like, I don't know if it was worth the $20. It only took a few hours. And uh, I'm kicking myself right now. Cause I cannot remember which, that's an, um, when we go employee that, of campus say what? Oh yeah. And maybe like, that's a neat topic that guy, how you guys feel like that'd be a cool topic to going to another episode. Like, 
like game oh, like, length and yeah. well, like value like people get pissed it's like it's a three-hour game it's 20 bucks it's like that's what you pay for a movie though i mean so i don't know what you well care. exactly so and um sense. but yeah just it was, <laughs> yeah. was just, 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 just to wrap this thought <laughs> well you yeah, guys can well, take part of this part of this conversation as you guys so yeah but um hold on yeah, you for checking out one. <laughs> the old man is talking about up. their movies uh, let's, let him, let's let them keep going <laughs> Yeah, a thoughtful conversation showed up. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to say that, like, basically one of the employees from Campo Santo responded in the most, like, highbrow, respectful way. And this person, in a very mature and responsible way, acknowledged it and said, you know what? You know, now they put it that way. And now that they're that passionate about this game, because they could have taken jobs elsewhere doing, like, you know, more safe projects and maybe made more money, but they chose to do this and they thought, you know, the 20 bucks was fair. And this person decided, Hey, I'm not going to go down this refund route. They're right. They put in this effort and I see it. So right. that's just very cool that, you know, they would come out and sort of, you know, defend themselves, but not be, you know, rude about it and be very thoughtful. So yeah. Anyway, so check okay, it out. My rant's over. Don't Sorry. Get, don't get a refund. Check it out. Done. Oh, we're going to tell people about the new site. Jeez. Oh, man. The new site. <laughs> Love it. So Here comes Captain Borden. Oh, <laughs> wow. Really? Just oh, we're talking about websites now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let me finish. Wait, does this make you a web dev? No, oh, I hate it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Andrew put together a wonderful, wonderful new website, new theme, um, of course, in WordPress right now, but new theme, uh, new sections, too. Uh, we have a new blog uh, section. Uh, that we're going to fill up with a lot of our new blog posts. Eduardo's already, you know, graced us with his first uh, blog yes. post, which is amazing. We've got a lot of great feedback, comments on it, and it's a good topic. So um, outside of that, what else? What other goodies do we have on the website? Oh, got Spotify, Spotify playlist. Spotify playlist. playlist. Yes. Me and Andrew, we see, we love music and we love to share our music. So we, we started, uh, I think technically Andrew started a playlist uh, like three years ago, two years ago. Um, and we've just been sharing music together on on Spotify. It's like our our programming slash gaming slash everything kind of musics. Their love for each other. <laughs> and, and, and also that being said, like <laughs> Eduardo and Zach and they all and Ryan all have their very particular music taste. This isn't like a this place does not represent <laughs> Debug Lock as an entity. This is just me and Ovina's thing. And I just like, hey, hell, I'll just put it up on the site because and and also it's not for programming because it's like their words and stuff. I don't use it when I'm programming, but they're just basically love songs. Yeah, they are. They, we send each other mixtapes back and forth. But I thought it would be a cool idea. And I talked to Eduardo, and we'll go into that in the future. I like to keep that, but maybe we can have a separate site section of the site, but also make a really cool uh, programming playlist because I, I, I on Spotify I use like the they have like an epic all night or like a study. They do have all these study playlists yeah, yeah. that don't have actually words. <laughs> But they'd be cool if we get people who make a big collaborative one in the future yeah. where everybody can contribute cool. So that will be cool. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to hear awesome ass music, yes. check out Please. the Debug Lounge playlist on Spotify. For sure. Do it. Check it. All right. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email with feedback, uh, you know, comments, suggestions, comments, a question, comments, whatever you want to call it, at the debug log at gmail.com. We're on the Facebooks and the Twitters or the debug log We're on Twitter at the debug log. Um, if the big thing too, if you want to get in on the conversation every day, the stuff where we get the most engagement, where we have people joining, we have like three or four people joining every day. It's the debug lounge. It's a private Facebook group. Um, don't let the idea that it's private stop you. It's just private because it, 
and make sure that people join it that actually want to join it. But just tell, just uh, request and get in. You can either request on Facebook or you can go to our site. Like Obina said, our newly refreshed site, and we have a sign up there where you can sign up for our, our newsletter, The Loop, which we're going to be sending out soon, I think. And there, we'll once we get your uh, subscription to that, we'll send you also send you a debug lounge invitation. So a couple different yeah. ways to do that. You know what? Um, I'm going to send the, the newsletters from now on. So <laughs> we stop saying, oh, at some point we will send it. No, no, no. We're going to send the next week. Wait for it. The first of the next month. The first of every Man. month that Eduardo says so, we're yeah. sending a newsletter. There you Ooh, go. The loop. There goes oh, our yeah. annual Ooh. newsletter. Oh, that's yeah, good. There yeah. goes <laughs> our annual <laughs> newsletter. We did so much work on that, Eduardo, to make it annual, and now you want to make it Seriously. monthly. Well, we, we, yeah, I think, definitely. I mean, just to find the current, we've had a problem just, like, knowing what to put in there, but now that we're starting to put a bunch of content on the site, it could be a nice, like, kind of monthly roundup of the stuff we've been doing and other cool articles that we found. Because also, check out on the site, we're also going to start adding fun articles just tutorials and stuff that aren't ours you know we're not going to take the credit for them but just stuff that we find that so hopefully our site we have a lot of plans that our site can come become more of a destination for you guys to just have a resource to help you whether it's find a job or you know find a cool tutorial so sure. definitely stay tuned to that for the future all right i think we did it guys that's good. That good we did it well, all right <laughs> So the lesson of the day, sorry, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, my name's Andrew. I'm Obina. I'm Zach. I'm Ryan. And I'm Eduardo. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. Cue intro music. Outro. Outro. <laughs> you fucked it up, Zach. Why am I always messing things up? Don't beat me again. Go back to your closet. <laughs> I'm hungry. What is that? What are, what are we at? I'm hungry. Yeah, we're done. Honey, you made the only thing that satisfies the yeah. hungry stomach is the hungry man dinner. <laughs> One pound of meat. <laughs> oh, God.